Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Eldritch Extras. How are you doing? Hello. Mike? I'm fine, Paul. How are you? I'm very good. That's great. That's great. And yes. uh, this is uh, one of our um, extras you're listening to or watching. Indeed. Indeed. So what's on the, what's on the menu today? Well, I think, you know, we like to talk about a range of subjects of, uh, of interest. And uh, I think you mentioned uh, the other day about, um, in terms of gaming, things have to do with the uh, using you know, Games Master screens. Obviously. So, uh, you know, maybe we could talk about that for a bit. And yeah. uh, and we've been watching stuff. So maybe there's some uh, something we've watched recently that uh, we can uh, get into. Well, most think? certainly, I've taken to but succumbing to the evil algorithm that Netflix throws at me. At the well, top of the screen, it says, you might like this. And in previous years, I'd have said, no, you don't know what I like. But actually, it seems like it does know what I like, because I go and watch that stuff, and I think, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> it knows you too well now. Yeah, it will. It will be. It will soon be selecting what you eat and drink as well. But uh, it'll but probably that's... do a better job than I do because often, if I go to a restaurant, <laughs> you have you have witnessed this. We all go to the restaurant. I was with at the restaurant in with Chaosium Con with I think there was five of us at the table. You four, the other four, not me, all ordered the same thing. I didn't really clock this. And your food looked great. I ordered, apparently I ordered a massive bucket of weird greasy slop, which was not good at all. Why why didn't I order what you ordered? I'm the worst person at picking what I should eat. Yeah, you you are, because this is not just the one instance. So this has happened multiple times uh, uh, that uh, you seem to kind of get it in your head that... uh, that this thing on the menu is going to be great. And we all look at it and go like, it's not. Yeah. You should not do that. But you try not to swear. But uh, yeah, you look at it, what the hell is that? What? what? Every time, I hate menus. Because especially if it's a long menu, what? Too much choice. You need need the the rigor of a a set menu where you, you you get what you're given. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, you, you know, choice is not you know something you, you need what? to entertain. It's not. Yeah, it's. I get what you are. I just, I just like what what are you ordering. I love that. <laughs> Usually, that's better. I'm I'm ordering extra hot wings. That's what no. I'm ordering. <laughs> I've experienced that too. I nearly died. <laughs> I, I manfully kept going. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, and then so I cried. Yes, yes, it was a sight to behold. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Anyway, anyway, yes. I mean, we you know we could talk about you know more about. Uh, well, I, I cooking, think that cook, cooking with Bill, but um, we, we mentioned that last time. I think so. <laughs> we did, but it's not so much that. I think I think the lesson here is that sometimes people aren't the best choice of what's good for them. <laughs> that's a, that's one might say there's a slippery slope somewhere in that statement but uh, that's, uh... <laughs> yeah uh that, that's why a dictatorship is better than democracy well clearly I'm not, yeah. that's not true that's not true <laughs> just getting a little political there yeah but, yeah no okay fine well um let's let's move into uh, an even more you know serious topic than yeah, politics and controversial and controversial 
and um, actually politics. And uh, let's let's talk about GM screens. Oh, okay. What yeah. did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to talk about the Netflix programs that we started oh, discussing. Oh, oh well, no, that, we're saving that gem for a little bit you know, okay, okay. afterwards, I, I yeah. think. All right. Yeah. Well, I was listening to our friends, the the Grognard Files, Dirk and Blythe, and they were in uh, the Lassagari again, I think, in the, in the local pub. <clears throat> and as always, I love the shows that are in the pub because that's always the best. And this time they had somebody actually you know sit on the table near them and chat to them which was added uh you know, bonus I, I, material i think that's always best when you know strangers come into podcasts and just like what are you doing yeah <laughs> it's great well, it's something happens like, in the background real life real life happens I, yeah because i love that you're listening to a podcast and then something happens or there's something outside or you get a, a bit of the environment and you actually feel like you're there otherwise they're just disembodied voices uh, well, no, absolutely. Yeah, it kind of gives it a sense of place, doesn't it? But uh, we probably should mention the name of Dirk and Blythe's podcast, just in case people aren't familiar with it. Yeah, the Grognard Files. They look at games from back in the day and games of today. I mean, I don't have to get their strap line exactly correct. I'm not one of the hosts. You're, but... you're not one of them. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's worth a listen if you've uh, if you've not uh, heard of it before. It's uh, If you're into games, that is. If you're not into games, it may not be your thing. But uh, but yeah, definitely a, a great show. So Dirk was talking about how he had... And this was a show previous to Expo uh, 2023. I think it came out May 2023 for context. And towards the end of the show, they were taking listener questions. And one of the questions was about using GM screens, which is you know, something of a controversial topic among role players who tend to take all these things perhaps more seriously than they should i don't know i mean we're here talking about it now so maybe we're taking it seriously too uh, but dirk was putting forth the, the uh statement that he'd been in a game previously at a con and somebody had bought a gm screen along with them they were the gm but they hadn't put it up as a screen they just had it for reference in front of them folded on the table and dirk was saying he was unsure about his own use of a GM screen following that because you know was it was he was he erecting the screen in some sort of uh, what did he say how did he compare it to um uh, uh, what's the film uh, Wizard of Oz you know was Wizard it like Oz, the, seeing the, behind the the great curtain the the curtain and seeing the the wizard's workings pulling his levers yeah yeah and I thought. Blythe, who is is like a hidden gem because he's not the 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 star of the show so much, but he's the he's he's oh, like uh, always a, a grounding uh, uh, force, a grounding force. But I think a star in his own right. Let's oh, be fair. most certainly. But he's always very ground. I mean, they're both very grounded. But but Dirk, partic- uh, but Blythe particularly, and and uh, I think his response was something to the to the point of. Uh, Wizard of Oz. No, it's it's just it's just a bit of cardboard with some tables on it. Don't make Brilliant. it into a psychodrama. Brilliant. And Brilliant. it literally is. It's just that. It's just a bit of cardboard with some tables on it that you use to hide your notes. I'm looking forward to the time when you know I arrive to a game um and I'm maybe just one of the players mm. and the uh the the keeper or the GM you know gets out their screen, puts it on. 
and then all the players put out their screens as well and oh. then we've all got all got screens player so screens all, player screens you know and uh, we all have our own little little world hidden away where we can write our secret notes to one another roll our dice yeah. you know roll our dice secretly so the, the gm can't see them because it's only fair if they're well, doing I, it why can't like, we do it so so uh, our odd no one well, fair enough. You know, Another obviously. 01. Oh, how? What do you mean you don't what, trust what me? Are the, what are the chances? But brilliant. I mean, I've seen people roll 100 followed by 100 at a gaming table, so it can happen. So, you know, fair play. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah you... I mean, I, I, I when, when I run a game, if it's a con game, uh, I tend to take my keeper screen with me. Uh, mainly, I, 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 I very rarely consult it because I mainly know what's on it. But but it is there as a bit of a, a, a crutch in case I forget something or I want to check something that I don't that doesn't come up very often. And so I have it there. But I I very rarely, if ever, I don't think I ever actually use it as a screen anymore. I I do what the guy in Dirk's game did. I, I kind of just have it near me somewhere, folded up. Um, and that's where it says that normally never touch it. Um, um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time I used one. I, I, I tend to, yeah, I don't like, I don't like the artificial barrier necessarily, but I have, I do, I have used it like, like that sometimes. If it's, um, I don't know, sometimes I do want to keep my role secret for some reason. If, if it kind of works with the scenario, um, maybe, maybe that, that, you know, I think I tell you the last time I used it, it was when I was running masks because I had so many bits of paper, handouts and notes. I had my kind of campaign diary, which is the way I kind of take notes when I'm running a campaign. Um, and I've got all my handouts stacked up in order of kind of the way, the order I think I'm going to be giving them out. And obviously, if I didn't have a screen, I, I can't really have them on the table in the way I'm going to have to have them face down and I don't want to get into a faff. And so it just keeps that information private until I give it out because I've got so much to kind of manage. It just gives me a clear area. I haven't got to worry about the player, the players inadvertently seeing some secret. Um, so I've, I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I've used um, screens in you know that manner you know numerous times, but if it's just a kind of a one shot, um, that kind of con style game, I don't tend to use it as a as a screen. I mean, I can't to be honest, Paul. I, I can't remember if I've ever seen you use a screen in any game. To be honest, oh, I guess you're not in my con games very much because I do tend to use the screen now. Right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I I I quite like the screen. So you, is that because you can't remember the rules or what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I have no yeah. idea what the rules are, so I have to... Make have it up as you go. Okay, so there are a bunch of things the screen does, and uh, there are pros and cons, I think, to a screen, aren't there? I yeah. think the pros are you've got all the, the stuff there on the table. If you're not familiar, well, if you need reference to the rules, it's there. I do sometimes, like, maybe reference to a, a, I don't know, the Bounce of Sanity chart and something... Bounce of this chart, something like that. Um, other than that, the screen is really the function for me is that I can put all my stuff behind it. You know, the notes, the handouts, the <clears throat> uh, my phone with the time on, whatever. You know, I can have that all behind the screen because I don't really want to. If I'm 
it, particularly if it's a fairly tight table and people are sat near me, if I if I was in that position as a player, I'm not going to want to keep purposefully not looking at the GM's notes because I don't yeah. want to see what they've got written down. Yeah. Um, so it kind of cuts that out. I think it can be a place to hide your dice rolls. But contrary to that, if I'm rolling the dice, I stand up and reach over the GM screen and roll the dice on the table in front of the players. So I'm kind of making more of a statement of doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mean, that's what I do. And, uh, you know, I, I do tend to roll in the open because it's more fun. Also, the screen has got art on it. <laughs> I like stuff that looks good at the table. I like handouts. I like miniatures. We don't tend to use them in Call of Cthulhu, but in, you know, when I play D&D, we use miniatures. I like miniatures. I like maps. I like anything kind of art, handcraft, anything like that that's at the table. Great. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, and and the, the screen is yet another piece of an artifact of that that, that shows off colour and art and so on. And I think all of that is is very welcome. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, a screen is just another play aid. And obviously, play aids can be very helpful. Um, and so that's why I, I always have one with me. You know, it's not I don't necessarily always put it out. But I've just been thinking while you've been saying saying that, I tell you when I don't, I tell you the reason I don't tend to use a screen for con games is because um, a lot of the times I'm running a con game for people who have never played Call of Cthulhu or even a role playing game before. I have, that's what I've certainly been doing in the last 12 months. The kind of games that I've just happened to be running have been the players have happened to be new to the game. Right. And so I, I, I maybe I, it wasn't a conscious thought, but unconsciously, I didn't want a barrier and I didn't want them to kind of, I don't know. I just wanted it to be open and to be really accessible. Um, and so having the screen, you kind of, if you wanted to kind of often when you're dealing with a bunch of new players and you ask them for something that they need to look on the character sheet for, they don't know where it is. So just kind of pointing across and kind of just tapping on the sheet. It's, it's there or, you know, in that area, it helps to kind of move the game along and, yeah, so they're not stood there five minutes trying to work out what's on the sheet. And so the screen is a bit of a barrier to that because you kind of have to reach over and it's in the way. So I just tend to keep a clear table. Um, mm. And that's what I think is why um, yeah, I started to kind of not use it, you know, in, in, in particularly for those style of games. I think this is like a technical issue, but it is an important issue, landscape or portrait format, because it needs to be low. It needs to be, you know, a4 it need, it needs the screen doesn't want to be that way up it wants to be that way up so it's only that high you know Landscape. that high and yes. then it's uh, yeah it's here and i can see over it you know that'll be the top of it if i'm talking to you and it's not really a barrier you know i don't want it like this no i mean i've, I've, I've it, my it, in my uh <laughs> in my history of gaming i've certainly played systems that have used both styles of landscape and portrait but I, I agree a landscape is far better it's you know it's not so high but it does remind me of a time I was playing D&D and the uh the the GM or uh, no I think it was just one of the players one of the players happened to work at a printing works and decided they would make a custom screen for the for the GM as a bit of a you know, nice thing and, and they brought this screen in and if you can imagine a screen 
that was double double the height of a portrait, you know, A4 US letter. That's so like a two normal foot high. So, so so like a normal yeah. A normal screen, you know, portraits like that. Yeah. This, this was like that. <laughs> four, four panels long. I mean, literally, what? you couldn't you couldn't see him. Unless you're a giant, you know. It's brilliant. I mean, we what? just... All you need is like a little graphic. window cut in it. So you yeah. can just look through at the players. And, and, and a in little fact... slot, a slot below that, where you can just dispense handouts. So they oh, never see you. Electric. You're just like this disembodied voice. This is what we need. It's, this comes back to the Wizard of Oz, right? So next time I'm just going to, you know, like the where they screen off hospital beds with the curtains. Yeah. I'm just going to bring one of those around and, and just bring it around. And and I'll have a little mic, not microphone here, a little speaker on the table, and I'll just, just speak to them through that. Um. Yeah, that would be perfect. And and like you said, just have a little, maybe like a, one of those grabbers, I'll just reach over the screen with the handout and just drop it on the table so they yeah. never see me. And they don't, you know, they'll, they'll yeah. think I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I think that that's possibly the <laughs> that's possibly the direction we need to go in. Yeah. Is that too far? Uh, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, GM screens, I think as with most advice for role-playing games if we're even offering advice just do what you want i mean it's do just, what you like if you do, like do, them do, use yeah. them if you like don't, any probably don't bother any play aid use what works for you and don't use what doesn't work for you it's as and also as it's just another thing have a chat with the group do you like me using a gm screen or do you feel it's a bit of a barrier or you know do, do you prefer it when i don't because I kind of like it, because you know, for the reasons I've stated. But if people are like, "No, I don't like that," well, don't use it then. Well, I mean, there's your answer, I guess. You know, what can, what more can we say about screens? I mean, you know, good artwork, useful information. Put it up, put it by you. Doesn't matter. I'm going to come back to the. Uh, oh, actually, there was another oh. thing they talked about. Or, no way no 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 they, let's they, we'll save that for another time there was another gem that that dirk talked about but uh we'll save that for a future episode <laughs> oh that's a treat to come then uh we got to get back to the to the netflix netflix yeah. netflix right well you i i only watched it because i didn't know it was on there because i i take little heed on what netflix suggests i should so be going wrong you know it's clearly clearly where i'm going wrong uh so you suggested this to me and um and so I watched it, and uh, and for once, you know, you gave me a good suggestion. So uh, it was quite, you know, I was quite, I was quite enjoying it. So it's usually uh, we, you recommending things to me because uh, yeah, yeah, you, know, you spend all day sit on your ass watching telly. So I, I do nothing else. That's all I do all, all the time. Um, so we watched um, this three-part documentary. I think it's just called Arnold, isn't it? I think it's just called Arnold, as in on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. And um, and yeah, it was it was it was fascinating, and well, I, you know, I certainly recommend giving it a watch, particularly if you have any interest in the Arnold. Um, but it's uh, it's a three parter, and um, and the first part is all about his bodybuilding career. Then the second part moves into his you know movie career, and then the third part is when he uh, moves into politics, mm. and. Um, and so you know it's bookended in that fashion, um, um, and when you've kind of watched it all, it, it, it's remarkable thinking about this chap who 
has done so successfully well in three quite different arenas of life in terms of career and how well he has done. And, mm. uh, you know, you don't, I tend to think of Arnold as a, you know, a film guy who used to be a bodybuilder. Um, and that's kind of my perception of him. And it's not until I kind of watched all the documentary to kind of really for the penny to sink in about how accomplished he was in both, in, in all three of those arenas, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> the fact that he was born in Austria prevents him from ever becoming the president of the USA. But you kind of wonder, you know, given the people that have become president of the USA, you kind of wonder, well, if he had been an American citizen, would he have made it to that level? And I'm not saying he should have done, but I'm just putting forward the question, could he have done? And and it seems quite possible. I don't know if you remember the film Universal Soldier with Sylvester Stallone. Yes, yes. And he's 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 so still Sly Stallone's been uh cryogenically frozen and then woken up, I don't know, like the middle of probably the twenty first century. I, I can't remember what the date is. Isn't it Dolph Lundgren? Not Sly Stallone. Dolph Lundgren, isn't it? Oh, is it? Are we gonna I think have a, I'm, well, you know, how, somebody, how much are we betting on this? Somebody's going to have to have a Wikipedia off on this. Well, I'm, I'm doing it right now. This is, yeah, right. this is, that's well, like you rolling dice behind a screen. I don't know whether you're telling me the truth or not, you know. Yeah, I'm just going to make up something now, um, <laughs> about Universal Soldier. It came out in 1992 and it starred, yep, just like I said, John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> so we're we're both, we're both uh, our film our film knowledge is uh, is thereby defined how good we are at remembering. Yeah, this. but the thing is, I'm editing this, so uh, I, I can make oh, myself clearly sound you can like drop, a new drop in a completely different sounding voice. <laughs> so it's Jean Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, and uh, oh, so I was of... right. It was he was in it. Well, you say you were right, yeah, but yeah, he's not yeah, first yeah. on the list. Wow. So anyway, he's. Uh, He's driving part. He's getting a, a lift in a taxi, and they're going past the White House. And I think he says to the taxi, "No, the taxi driver's talking about um, the past." And he refers to Arnold Schwarzenegger being president. And uh, he's like, "You mean the actor?" And the taxi driver's like, "Oh, you know, I think he was an actor when he was young." <laughs> 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 Are you sure that that that's not Demolition Man? Oh, is it Demolition Man? Which is what? Which is why you're thinking Sylvester Stallone. I've got the wrong. You've you got the wrong <laughs> person. The wrong film. <laughs> no, I've got the right person in the wrong film. Haven't Brilliant. I? This Brilliant. is this is podcast. This is gold. Th this is gold. It shows how much I, I like the level of research you've done pre-show to you know make sure you're not talking rubbish. So it's 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 brilliant. Yeah, well done that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's demolition man. Yeah, and Wesley Snipes, I think, if I recall Where, correctly, and Sandra yeah. Bullock. Yeah, that's right. You've got directed that, right? by uh, yeah. Marco Brambilla. <laughs> yeah, you're not reading that at all, are you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not reading. That. Just straight off the straight out of the memory that one. Brilliant, brilliant. I didn't think yeah. I needed to check it up because I thought I remembered it correctly. But that's you know that's. Yeah. If That's only the root of the problem. If only the entirety of human history was based on people just remembering things and not checking. Yeah. <laughs> but what is it with people who can do that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't um, know. So, so what, what, what did you think? To which Was there a particular 
uh, episode or part of his life that you found most interesting out of the three or i don't think there was i think all three were equally interesting i mean i knew more well i'm gonna say i knew more about one than the other i knew i'd seen his well what i thought was his first film pumping iron is it called pump and uh, now i'm questioning everything is it called pumping yeah, pump, iron? Pump, pumping right. iron i saw but, that, that back that, in that, that wasn't his first film of course no was it? that was pre-conan so i saw that back in the 80s uh yeah at home in the 80s at my parents house um somehow that was on tv i guess because it was the time that conan and things like that were out and, and they showed that so i knew about his bodybuilding background but it was i didn't know the the details of it and how it 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 come to it um and that that was an interesting path but following that path and the story you kind of think he gets to that level he's you know i don't know mr work mr universe like i don't know a bunch of times you think well for most people who do that that's probably it they, they probably get involved in sponsorship and advertising and so on but but that's other people using them as their resource but for him it was like well i've done that now what else can i do and i don't think many people have a, a massively successful career and then move on to another one in a different field and, and moving into acting so his, his first attempts at acting as he said as as they show on the show weren't great yeah yeah i mean he's he had uh, quite a i mean he still has an accent doesn't he but it was pronounceably thicker you know before and uh there was comments about he was talking i think they talk about in the documentary about people just can't understand what you're saying that kind of thing so but it, but again he takes that all inside doesn't he? he takes that all in and then works on it to kind of you know acting lessons and and all the rest of it to hone hone his craft just like you know with bodybuilding and so forth he's exceptionally single-minded and driven i think and not averse to hard work nobody could question that yeah there's something that needs work he's going to work at it it seems um and he did that in his acting and one can debate you know the pros and cons of his acting um you can't debate the number of tickets the number of uh film tickets he sold no, and he kind of climbed to the, the pinnacle of that um, in terms of success in, in movies and being a, a movie star. I mean, A-list, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, top of, top of his game, definitely. And uh, and it's not just, you know, he was a successful actor. I mean, he, he did make some great films that certainly I grew up with. And, um, and um, you know, I, I think as some... Some of the best films I've ever seen. Yeah, in terms of so, what's what's kind of, the, yeah, good for what are the best ones, Mike? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, Conan is great, but it's not. I don't think that's his best film in a sense of what I enjoyed the most personally. I mean, for me, um, things like Predator and Terminator, Terminator Two, particularly, I think those are standout films in terms of my. You know, film education growing up, they they were the ones that I remember going to see and being affected by in terms of, you know, really enjoying and and uh ones I would happily, you know, watch again and again, I guess. Um, but I'll tell you one that, that caught me off guard that um I went to I remember going to see kindergarten kindergarten mm. cop and um not really expecting anything really. I, I you know, I wasn't I was never a big you know, I wasn't an Arnie fan in in that sense, 
Um, it was just the latest film, and we happened to uh, let's go to cinema and uh, went to see that, and really, really enjoyed it. And it, and it, and it was like because I was expecting it to be, you know, pretty bad. You know, this is an mm. action star who's you know good doing that, but you know, here's a kind of comedy. I'm not really sure how this is going to work, and uh, I thought he was great in it. I actually, came away really impressed by him. Uh, so that 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 kind of um, sticks in my memory. What about you? Probably First Blood. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good in that. Yeah. Like... Did, when did he do that one as a, a follow up to Deliverance? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um... <clears throat> No, I mean, I, the foundational one for me is, is going to be Conan. Um, I, I, just as a film, I don't think I'm ever going to see anything better. Really, it's. I mean, uh, it, is, it is fantastic. Yeah, and we talked about that a lot on on the Good Friends of Jackson Elias, and there was a lot of uh, disagreement. Let's say oh, about really? his portrayal, his portrayal of uh, of Conan, and I think it wasn't until after we'd recorded those podcasts that I was thinking it over because often i find with a podcast discussion to be honest with any discussion it's not until afterwards that i think it over and and i i I come to some uh i don't know new understanding for myself i think as far as conan goes i didn't grow up reading the conan books or comics um and that was the first exposure to Conan that I had. So to me, he was the definitive Conan. That that to me, that that portrayal of Conan is what Conan is. Um, it's not yeah. it's not Robert E. Howard's books. It's not anything else. It's it's him in that film. That's Conan to me. That's my Conan. Yeah, I mean, I I get that because again, he, that was my first exposure to Conan. So I, I I'm very much like you. I mean, in the fact that he defined. Conan for me in that way, but you know I can appreciate reading Robbie Howard later that yeah not, maybe not quite the same as what Howard describes, but what the hell? What it doesn't matter? That, that you you can have two things being the same that aren't equal. It, I think it's, it's you know it, it, it's great because I, it was years afterwards that I came to read Robbie Howard's Conan stories and. It was one of those things, a bit like Stephen King. That I thought, oh, this is just a bit, you know, a bit trashy. It's a bit, I don't know, pulp. It's it's not going to be very good. And then I read the Robert e. Howard stories, and I was, wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah, blown away by them. Different to the Conan film, yeah, but um, both great. I, yeah, uh, I, I actually think you know th- this is a general comment from me to throw in at this point, but the whole kind of. Those times when people say, oh, it's not as good as the book or "Oh, it's, it's different to the book or the film is, you know, and they have a problem that the film is not exactly like the book or vice versa or whatever it may be in whatever genre. Um, I just don't get it. It's like you can enjoy it twice. You can yeah. enjoy different flavors and take some things and enjoy both of them equally. One does not detract from the other in any way. You know, sometimes it, you know, sometimes it works really well. Different versions. Sometimes it's you know not so good, but but it doesn't really matter. You get you get to enjoy your the thing you like more than once. Or Can't maybe you don't that. enjoy the film version, or right? Maybe but, you don't. Maybe you don't. You know. You know. It's not. I, I think it's. Uh, I don't think it matters that a book isn't the same as a film. 
yeah they're two different no, mediums different mediums and, and they have to understand that it's like many you know it's like trying to make a film of a piece of art well it, it really is a very different medium isn't it you you're going to have to tell a longer story for one than what you see in a piece of art so yeah yeah absolutely yeah so in terms of arnie films um yeah, I mean, Conan is there. I think, as you say, Predator, um, um, Terminator, uh, particularly Terminator 2 for me. Yeah, Terminator 2. I love that film. And I think I loved it because I got to see it without knowing that Arnie was the good guy in that one. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a twist for me, whereas I think for most people, they'd already heard um, that, that, you know, of that. No, sure. I really enjoyed his turn to comedy with things like Twins with Danny DeVito. Yeah. I think he did comedy really well. A he, bit like Tim yeah. Eastwood did. You know, he was this very, starts off in these very, well, serious as in he was a, um, a, 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 a not a comedy role. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it starts to introduce these little one-liners and comments and things like in Terminator, which would be funny. And then he was able to sort of play that up in and bring that into the comedy because I I don't know it just has a sense of timing or or humor. The one that I didn't enjoy so much would be um, uh, what's it called now? Last Action Hero. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And I felt he was just kind of playing it for laughs too much. I mean, I haven't seen that since it came out, like back in the nineties. So I'd be interested to watch that again and just see if I think differently now. I have to uh, agree with you on that one. I, I I had the same kind of reaction, I think, and it was uh, it was True Lies that came out a year later that I kind of like, yeah, that 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 was great. Really enjoyed True Lies, Jamie Lee Curtis, and so on. And I thought that was uh, that was really cool and fun. Um, but yeah, Lax Action Hero didn't really do it for me, I guess. So the third episode goes into his. Polit- uh, political career which i knew he was governor of california didn't really know much about what he did no same here we don't really get particularly in the uk we we rarely never even know who the governor is it says it's not common knowledge in, in terms of naming governors of u.s states so kind of aware that he was governor of california but that was it didn't really hear about how he did didn't know didn't know he got re-elected um you know that was all kind of news to me i guess and so i'm not quite sure on the pros and cons of what he did um he was uh i believe he was a republican which you know not a great fan of i guess but i think he was it it seems through the program it seems that he tried to be inclusive um of uh democrats as well i think it, it seems like the way they portray it is in his first year or two he didn't do so well um mm. he is his approach perhaps wasn't good uh and then he took on a um like the, what they call it like a head of staff the the chief of was, staff but was a prominent democrat i think yeah um so i mean one of the things he says is that i think I know best, and I look at other politicians, you know, other people in my party, in the Republican Party, and they're saying they know what's best for people. But equally, I look at the other side, you know, the the Democrats, and they're saying they know what's best for people. And, yeah, we can talk about corrupt politicians and 
you know, money grabbing and and trying to create their own careers. But there's a lot of people on both sides. I I hope I think in most countries on both political sides that that genuinely do want what's best, but they have different ideas of that. And as voters, you know, we probably fall on one side or the other. And I'm not sure the two side thing is a, is a good uh, a good way of framing it. But the important thing is is that they talk to each other and they they yeah. try to work together and find some common ground because if you do want what's best then you got to listen to other people yeah i mean that's what that's what came across to me exactly the same kind of thing is that, that he, he reached a point where he needed to kind of realize that actually um consensus and compromise and actually pulling in a range of different kind of voices and ideas might actually produce a, a more a better result and so, you know, uh, certainly the way the documentary portrayed it was that, that you know, he, he took that on and um, and um, kind of turned his kind of political career around from from kind of low popularity after after as you say a year or two or something to getting reelected with a uh, with a, a greater kind of focus on just trying to trying to make things better for people and and, and bringing in different views and opinions and learning you know he talks a lot about learning and then listening to people uh even if their their views he doesn't necessarily agree with but learning from them and understanding you know people's points of view um which you know in in any kind of sense is never never a bad thing is it to uh to Mm. kind of talk as you say that kind of uh everyone hopefully wants the same thing they just disagree on the ways to achieve it and sometimes uh most of the time it's about um you know understanding each other and finding commonality that you can achieve something well good together um rather than this kind of um constant bickering and fighting that really doesn't seem to produce anything and sometimes you think you know what you want and you order a bowl of gruel exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and you know i still have visions of the bowl of gruel i mean how <laughs> I, I mean how also, it was so massive what? It was it huge. Was like it wasn't a, a bowl. Mass- it was a bucket. A bucket of gruel. And it was boiling hot. <laughs> it was literally bubbling as he arrived on the table. It was. And we were all sat there with our little plates of whatever it was, some sort of, you know, general chicken and chicken and noodles chicken or, or something. General, general, someone was it? Oh, I don't. Yes, maybe some but, some some dish that I think is is quite well known in America. It, it's a shame to our none American of us friends. None of us thought to take a photo of the whole situation. Oh it, Christ! That that, yeah. would, that would be a, a trip down. Because I want to remember that. <laughs> Mainly your face when it arrived. <laughs> Marvelous. Well, in my head, I was going, "Oh, not again!" Dear, I did. But you know what? I, I, the um. So you, you mentioned about Terminator Two and um, not knowing Arnold was a good guy in in that particular film. Mm. So was it the same with Predator? I mean, I didn't know anything about Predator. Went to it with my mates on a Friday night when it opened, and it's Arnold running around with you know all these soldier types in the jungle. And yet, the very first shot is a, is a kind of a flying saucer going you know around the earth, and you go, "Oh, this looks good." I think that's unless I'm getting that confused. I don't remember. Maybe, maybe I can't. Get you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever seen it from the start. Oh wow. So we're just watching this thing in the jungle and they're going through this mission. And suddenly, like, things happen. And go like, oh, wow, this is not the film I thought it was. This mm. is even better. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> like, fantastic, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and also, well, it's, should... got the, it's got the immortal, probably one of the best lines of dialogue in any film, Predator, when uh, Conan's mate turns around to him and says, uh, I ain't got time to die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I ain't got time to die. Fantastic. And we haven't even mentioned Total Recall. Well, there you go. And so many others. but uh, Well, yeah. many, many, many others. <clears throat> yes. But yes, I think we should indeed. probably draw it to a close there. Well, we can do. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe we should have to go, go and watch um, The Eraser, which I think my son made me watch, which, again, was okay, but not. I don't think it's one of his best. But anyway, anyway, I diverge. Let's uh, let's draw things to a close. So what? how do we do that? Well, we talk about where people can find us. Amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you so can find no, us... No, go on. Oh, you do then. I'll, I'll on, do it then. then. So you can find us at eldritchstories.com. Uh, and if you go there, you can subscribe uh, and you will get all of... Uh, all of our shows, all of our episodes, direct to your—I don't know—direct direct to your email, and and well, and also this to is, say, the, the, the shows aren't just us talking about nonsense. There are we we have a, the other show that is part of the same feed where we actually you know uh, tell horror stories. Indeed. So tune in, subscribe, and you can hear myself and Mike reading short stories that we have written. Especially for this uh, for this show for season one of uh, Mason and Fricker's Eldritch Stories. So, don't forget to keep it Eldritch. <laughs>